4: Hi, I'm Ryan Tannehill, quarterback for the Miami Dolphins, and I represent the Finsider with the PH.
0: Hey guys, it's Wednesday night. We're back with another episode of the Finsider podcast. I've got Duke and James on the line with me right now. How are you guys doing tonight?
2: Good, how are you, sir? Doing well.
0: Doing well. Um, if you guys want to give us a call, you can always call in 347 326 9461. It's 347 326 9461. You can also get us on Twitter at TheFinsider, or you can join the live thread over on com. And as Ryan Tannehill said, that's Finsider with a PH. <laughs> um, so just before the show started, I just told James and Duke my new plan. Every day I'm going to put $1 away. And in a billion days I'll be able to buy the dolphins. That is my new goal. <laughs> there's something wrong with me.
2: <laughs> I was thinking if you meet Chris and Keith all through in a the dollar, then you only need two hundred fifty thousand days. Two hundred and
0: fifty thousand days. There you go. See? See, there's a plan coming into coming together here.
2: Or no, that's wrong, actually. That's my math is wrong. It'd be two hundred and fifty million days. Never mind.
0: Yeah. You're right. Yep, because it's four. Yeah. Okay, so we just need to get thirty-six other people, and then it would be two hundred fifty thousand days.
2: Well, well, we we could we could do it at ten bucks a day, right?
0: It could. We could.
2: Then it gets expensive I, after a while.
0: But we would have a lot of money.
2: Dude, I could I could afford two hundred eighty dollars a month. Well, <laughs> I mean, be would that. About three hundred bucks a month, but I could afford that. Time. I knew uh, somehow I was going to own the Dolphins, of course, I'll be like, how old would I be? A hundred and something by then? I don't even know. Uh,
0: Finhead says he just wants you to breathe deeply for him, James. I'm kind of worried no, about that. Um, <laughs> Ohio wants to talk about the logo and the Hall of Fame game. So let's start with the Hall of Fame game. Hey, the Dolphins are playing the Hall of Fame game this year. Hey. Okay, that's about the extent of that talk. <laughs> now, so so everybody knows, if you're listening, the Hall of Fame game will be on August 4th, I believe. Is that correct? Is it actually on August 4th? Um, yeah, on August 4th, which is the Sunday. That's my brother's birthday. So he texted me and said thanks for hooking him up with uh, the Dolphins playing on his birthday. Because um, I have those kind of powers, you know. Uh, but they'll be playing the Dallas Cowboys, uh, Bill Parcells going into the Hall of Fame, which gives the Dolphins and the Cowboys tie in. Uh, also Chris Carter's going into the Hall of Fame, which one year with the Dolphins and I'm missing somebody who's going in for the Cowboys. I can't remember who Uh, Larry Allen. There you go. Larry Allen's going in. Um, so there, there's Dolphins and uh, Cowboys tie-ins to this game. Um, yeah, so it gives us a extra preseason game. It gives us an extra week of training camp, which I think is really why the Dolphins signed up to do it. I think they want that extra week, especially with all these weapons that we now have that uh, – Ryan Tanhill's going to have to get some chemistry with. I think that's what it comes down to. And everybody don't talk at once. <laughs> By the way, at the dollar a day for all four of us, it would only take 684,000 years, I think. That's not right. That can't be right, can it? Yeah, 250 million days, yeah. So, <laughs>
3: that's
2: going It's going to be a problem. We're going to have to think of another strategy.
0: Okay, so there's got to be a better way to do this. (laughs) Hmm, How can we do this now? Hey, the tuck rule is gone. Look at that. Uh, The random things that pop up on my screen as I scroll around. Um, Yeah, so the new logo. Obviously, another new logo has been leaked, and... The team is once again denying it. It kind of has some credibility to it. Uh, It does kind of look like it's in a warehouse-type environment, in a box full of stuff. The Nike swoosh is there, so you're starting to see some things come together. Uh, The logo that leaked back in, what, December, was supposedly a draft of the final version of the logo. This one has some very similar aspects of the possible one back from December. So th- there's things about it that look like it could be. The team's denying it, so take that for what it's worth. But Ohio hates the new logo, the leaked logo, but Ohio's hated every single logo that's come out, I think, because none of them match what's on his leg. So that's my fear.
2: But but then his leg becomes retro and retro's very in now so that's true. His leg is very in yeah. now.
0: It's like E Dove's head.
2: Yeah yeah E E Dove seems okay but then he's he's like whatever yeah. so. But
0: I'm I'm watching oh the Heat have now tied up the game. They were down by like 21 or something. They've now tied it up against Cleveland. As they go for their 24th straight, I think.
2: I don't know what any of that means. So, uh,
0: the, the the Heat are a basketball team. Uh, oh. They have, they have this player called LeBron. He previously played for this team in Cleveland called the Cavaliers. Nobody's really sure why they're called the Cavaliers, but they're called the Cavaliers. Apparently, they thought they were knights of some sort at one point over in Cleveland. Um, then... Uh, <laughs> The, the the Heat have gone on this run Of consecutively winning games They have somehow made it to Michael Jordan's number And are trying to surpass that number However, they were down 21 points Now it appears that they are tied at 77 Okay And it was back-to-back threes from King James That tied up the game The Miami Heat just tweeted to me Actually, Jason Taylor retweeted it to me not to me specifically. Okay, so there's our um, basketball minute for the day. I don't. I'm not watching that game. Unfortunately, I have to watch this team from Dallas or somewhere like that.
2: Yeah, they they uh they might they should just stop now and try to get a lottery pick or something.
0: <laughs> they have to make it back to 500 so they can shave off those ridiculous beards. Yeah,
2: dude. That, I'm just. I'm at the point where they just, what they need to do is they just need to shut it down and then just just have a fire sale to trade off all their pieces that have any value unless they're really young and start over.
0: I think Ohio, Ohio's complaint is that there's nothing traditional about the leaked logo. And I think that's going to be the problem. I think you're going to have a lot of people that expect the logo change to be the 1970s logo. And it's not going to be. I. No matter what happens here, it's not gonna be the nineteen seventies logo. It's going to be completely different. It's gonna have traditional elements like the sun. I think the leaked logo that we're seeing right now with the multiple lengths of rays kind of ties back into that seventies logo, but you're not gonna see you're not gonna see anything like that dolphin. It's it's not a 2013
3: type look. But.
0: (sighs) Net Swag 12 has gotten greedy. So Duke, you can start coming in now to the show since we're apparently done with our basketball talk. Um, I can swing it to NASCAR, but we'll actually talk Dolphins. Um, Winston and Grimes Is who NetSwag12 is looking for. Wouldn't mind OC either. Um, I think the Winston deal could probably get done here quickly. I have a feeling that the um, who's the other guy that we brought in today? Brandon Moore. There you go, Moore. Um, I think Moore could will probably get done tomorrow. I think that's going to happen. I think that. Grimes from what I've read the interest in Grimes has increased over the past few days as the team actually starts, I think, starting to work towards signing him. I don't know if that'll continue. They met with him, let him go off and go meet with some other teams and get some other stuff worked out, but I don't think that I don't think the Dolphins want to spend big on him but I think that they could be starting to try to work something out. So I think you could see three signings over the next few days, and reportedly the team is starting to talk OCU Manora. So there is a possibility that there are four signings still to be made, and I think that that would pretty much cement us as the winners of the offseason and uh, pretty much get us to the draft.
5: checking the Twitters. Um, I believe O.C. Mayura was taking a physical with Atlanta today.
0: Well, see, I need to check more then. I had not seen that at all.
5: Where, uh, yeah, O.C. Mayura in Atlanta today visiting with the and taking a physical.
3: Hmm.
5: Reported by Lindsay yes.
0: Rhodes. Interesting, because at the same time I have dolphins' interest in OCU Manoa is considerable,
2: whatever that means. Oh, hmm. uh, you're not going to win them all.
0: Yeah, we'll see how it goes. See,
5: hey, um, I'm very interested in the offensive at Simon. I'm surprised about the Brandon Moore. Um, being that they're kind of going with this youth movement. But um, he would be a ridiculous addition if we could get, get him at Winston. Um, <coughs> because if we decide to keep Jerry, basically we've got our seven offensive linemen right there. We won't even need to draft one. Um, unless they just want to uh, get rid of Jerry. But you have um, Martin at left tackle, Incognito at left guard, County at center, Brandon Moore at right guard, Eric Winston at right tackle Um, (coughs) excuse me suddenly what was a big weakness has now turned into rather a strength Um, the biggest question being whether Jonathan Martin can play left tackle and I believe he can play it well enough Um, so those two additions in my opinion mean more than uh, any other signing I know they'd like to get a, a better pass rusher but there's still some guys out there um so I, I would rather shore up the offensive line at this point. I think that would be the uh, the biggest the biggest need still available in free agency that would be uh, reasonable to address. Get those guys in there, and um, and then you know I would like to go into the draft with the offensive line fairly taken care of. That way we can focus on a lot of other things in the draft, um, namely cornerback and. Uh, some other positions and, and the main thing with this is, is this draft is fifth offensive line, I mean, we still get depth in later rounds but uh you know we can look at a corner at twelve, corners in the second round, a pass rusher in there. Um there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of depth in guys we can draft uh in, in the first, second, third round because we have, you know, a lot of picks now that we can we can go for these uh I guess these uh Playmakers in uh, in various positions like that. So um, I'd rather not want to use our first round pick on our, on our offensive line, even
1: though there
5: could be some good ones available. Um, I'd rather not.
0: Hello. Okay, there I'm back. I don't know what happened there. I got put on mute and couldn't get myself out. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, I swear the board hates us some nights, and some nights it absolutely loves us. I don't get some, it. Um, and some of the things we talk about uh, with the draft
5: is there's a couple of um, kind of rumors floating around out there about how the Dolphins will draft. I believe it was Jeff Darlington put out a tweet last week that said something to the effect that he had talked with. the People from the Dolphins and the draft strategy was very interesting or intriguing or something like that. Um, so I think um, I think there are uh, you know, the first rumor, of course, is that uh, Von Best is
3: on the move and Miami's
5: targeting Tavon Austin at 12. The other rumor is that Miami will trade up for Dean Miller. I know Kevin is just a joy the joy of both of those. But
3: um, I don't hear a noise. <laughs> I do. I
0: hear
2: it.
3: what do you guys
0: hear?
2: I don't know what that noise is, but it's uh
3: it's very annoying. Is it a ghost
2: in the
0: machine? Hold on. And now it's back? Yes. So it's something on my end. But I have As no, usual. I have no sounds going <laughs> on right now.
2: It's, it's always you, man.
0: I know, but I don't know why.
2: I'm not doing anything. I think you are you have catastrophic equipment here, over there on a constant I, basis.
0: I don't understand it. So what's the sound like?
2: I don't know it, Sounds like a something blown through a big pipe or something. I don't know. Interesting.
3: Hmm. So is
0: it annoying enough to kill the show? Is that what you're telling me?
2: It's it's pretty bad.
0: Well, here I'll mute myself and you guys keep talking.
3: I don't know. <laughs>
0: Um,
2: there are no, some it's much better. Keep rolling, Duke.
5: <laughs> there are some questions in the uh, in the live thread about the draft. Uh, B. Dickley mentions about the riots of Tavon Austin and the drop of Keenan Allen. Um, we really won't know much about Keenan Allen until he has his workout in April. Uh, he did not work out at the combine or at his pro day because of a knee injury. So that's kind of. Um, <laughs> That's kind of um, keeping his stock in limbo at this point. If he goes out and has a really good workout and his injury history checks out, he runs a good forty time. Um, he could he could be back up high on boards again. If not, he could drop possibly in the second round. Um, and another question, you know, still talking about Tavon Austin. Um, I saw a mock draft this week where Tavon Austin was taken, uh, I think ninth to the Jets or tenth, whatever pick, which would be terrible. In the most terriblest of ways. Um, one way to ruin his career is to put him on the jet. But um, I'm starting to think he's a, a real possibility at this point, um, because he, he he fits the mold of a slot receiver, and I think that um, I think that uh, the team will like his playmaking ability. Um, Whether or not he's worth number 12 pig because of that is is, uh, another question simply because of the size and in a limited role. He's not a guy that you can line up on the uh, the outside as a receiver. Um, And the next question is uh, Milliner and Trufant. Uh, At this point, I think our best bet would be, if we're not going to go with a guy like Saban Austin, would be just to take Trufant at 12 and try to trade down. It sounds like the Dolphins are um, the Dolphins are gonna go to more of a zone uh, zone skin this year. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, more of a zone scheme this year and they need corners that can um, corners that that fit that mold and and uh truffant. He he fits he fits the mold of his own corner, he's got the ability to play press or man coverage and he's not gonna cost to extra picks to go up and get. So I just don't know what other teams value him at, so I don't know how far um, I don't know how far down the draft board if he could go. Some people may have him a lot higher, so it may be the chance that well I'm
1: gonna
5: like, to um, trade now and do and he's gone a couple of picks after you, you trade now. So but there are some other good other good uh, corners in this draft. I was watching some tape, uh, right before the show to kinda of get a kind of get a feel 'cause I believe right now Most people are in agreement that that corner is the biggest need that we're going to take into the draft. Even if we get a guy like Grimes, we're still going to have to draft some corners. And I think right now, um, guys we will be looking at would be like Jamar Taylor, Darius Slay. Uh, He's my personal favorite if we wait till the second round to take corner. He's got elite speed, he fits the zone mold perfectly, and he's got enough size he can play, man. So. what I really liked about this offseason more than anything is just is simply that we're going into the draft now we're, we've still got some needs but we're we're tackling everything to the point where we can just take what we want when we want and not have to necessarily force ourselves into a pick. Um you know, you're gonna see teams you're gonna see teams like the Bills or the Jets or some or the Cardinals or some of these other teams they might take a, a quarterback too early or take another player Enforce themselves and kind of, you know, kind of put a square peg in a round hole kind of deal. And the Dolphins aren't like that. We can just, if we want a table on Austin, we can draft a table on Austin. So if we want Trufant or whatever, we can do it. So that's what I really like about
2: the I want them. Is it, is that enough?
5: Well, when you when you buy the team and make Keith and I co-GMs, we will absolutely
2: draft. All right. Them I can demand. I can demand things like that as owner. Yes. We have a a, uh, caller on the line, uh, known to most people as Ohio Griffin. I'm going to go ahead and bring him in now. I am on the air. You are on the on the air.
6: I would like to add my own sound effect, please. Yeah, go Dolphins. Who's pumped? Who is pumped? Oh, I am. Who's pumped about the season? Oh, I and we, am. <laughs> and we got the whole off season, uh to wait through yet. Oh, yeah. Well, anyways, hey, you guys were talking about the draft. Aren't we? And, again, I am not the player analysis guy. But, you know, I heard people talk to someone there mentioned about, you know, the possibility of taking a lineman with the first pick or, you know, hopefully we don't. Isn't it a foregone conclusion that we're going to take a cornerback? I mean, wouldn't we take a cornerback?
5: <laughs> you know, and it may be that we, we do that, but then there's some guys they may target in the second round. I mean, it and, and here's I know there's a lot of people on the site who look down on this, but let's say, for example, a guy like Jonathan Cooper is available at 12. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, I can't say that I've watched a lot of tape on the guy, but from everything I have read that the guy is – he is an elite guard prospect. Now, yeah, that's not a sexy position. It doesn't score touchdowns or get sacks or anything else like that. But really? we've got this guy in the backfield by the name of Lamar Miller, who is a one-cut runner with four-three speed. And the thought of running to the right behind incognito and Winston with Johnson, Cooper, and Mike Pouncey out there pulling, um, yeah, this guy's going to get some yards. And then when you add into the fact that we just got this guy who runs faster than a deer down the field and nobody can really cover him, uh, when when Tannehill's standing there in the pocket like Tom Brady with ten seconds to throw, uh, and he can just use that big arm of his and just uh swing it downfield for Mike Wallace to go run under and catch and score touchdowns, I think people will appreciate that. Not saying that Jonathan Cooper's gonna make the line that much better, but if he's there and the team thinks he's the best player available and they wanna take him, I'm all for it. Because at this point yeah, we do need some corners, and I think we might still sign a free agent corner. But, I mean, we can still get some guys. But right now, it's we have loaded up so much that we can take the best player available. We can take what we want and do what we want. It's kind of like, you know, James mentioned uh, earlier about winning the lottery and buying the Dolphins. Well, that's kind of what the Dolphins have done. They've won the draft lottery in a sense that they've got all these picks and they've scored all these free agents. So now Jeff Ireland's walking around like, some high roll with a big lot of cash, like saying, you know what? I'm going to buy that, you know, Bentley over there because I can. And that's kind of how we're going to have this draft. Is. So I think that's what's going well, kind of awesome is the fact that we can just – we're not pegged that, well, we need this or we need that. Yeah, we have needs, but we can kind of address it the way we want to address it and not, not right. be forced in anything.
6: Well, you know, that's that's just um, – that's it, you know. I mean, neither – scenario. you know, here's a scenario that drives me crazy. When we have the cornerbacks that are just, you know, getting burned, and are, are not so much the cornerbacks, but when our defense is getting burned, you know, repeatedly, third and long, teams are, com- you know, uh, converting. You know, things like that just drive me nuts. So that's why, in my mind, I think we need, you know, I'm waiting for the, the time when we start addressing that cornerback issue, that secondary issue, uh, so we can tighten it up on that. That's one thing that drives me nuts to, as a fan is, is, you know, giving up the big, the big play passing, you know. And certainly, I've always said that those game, you know, your your passing game and your running game is going to go the way of the offensive line. So, you know, that's why I always defer to the smarter people. You know, make the right choice. You know, if we need to show, if if this guy, you know, what's what's the best for the Dolphins? Is the best going with the offensive lineman? Is it best going with the cornerback? What is it what is the best and I, I just don't know what that is, and I hope they do you because know, as you say we're we're in a power position you know we we have the luxury of being able to you know kind of do it our way, and so yeah. you know with all with with the free agency you know that is going on with you know the draft position that we're in and and the things I go, you know, I hate the off season i i've I've never liked the off season, never liked free agency, never cared about the draft. You know, it wasn't it, you know? I'm about the, the games, and man, I'm so jacked up right now, especially with the announcement of the Hall of Fame game uh, in Canton, Ohio. Now, I hate preseason too; I can't stand it. But man, I got to thinking about it. I was going anyways, um, just because I went last year. I was going to go again, like I, you know. And now the Dolphins are going to be playing in the game. Oh man! And you know, you know, there's going to be a bunch of Dolphin fans there, and. Uh, you know, that's a high school stadium, you know, so the players will be all around after the game, I would think, coming out to the buses. So, my God, the photo ops and the the, the opportunity for a fan, if you're a Dolphins fan and can get to that game, shoot, man, you'd be able to rub elbows with Mike B, Steven Ross, Joe Philbin. You know, you probably go out, you know, go introduce, hey, Joe, you want to grab a cup of coffee? I mean, yeah, it, 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 uh, you know I, I doubt I, that's being, faci- you know, I doubt it. I doubt that's going to happen. But uh, I, I'm just, I'm just pumped, you know, to uh, get through the summer and get to the, get through the draft here. And man, training camp can't get here quick enough, you know.
5: Yeah, and um, and well, I was gonna say if anyone can pull off going to get a cup of coffee with Jeff Hilton, it's probably you. So.
3: Yeah, I'd oversee. <laughs> we'll if you if you come
5: in with, with a fan post saying that with pictures showing she had um had coffee and and, and dinner with Joe Philbin, I don't think anyone on the site would be the least bit surprised. <laughs> and uh, well, I'm actually I'm actually going to do a, I, I'm putting it into thought now about uh, getting tickets and going to that game. Can't say that I will, yeah. but I would love to be there. So. Yeah, um, it's, it's you know
6: I, I bet there's going to be a lot of dolphin fans there and. uh you know, I've already put the wheelers out to some people. I'm gonna call the Hall of Fame tomorrow and see about tickets. Somebody on the site said they called and got sixth row right behind the team. They called the Hall of Fame. So that's what I'm gonna to do tomorrow morning. Call and get some tickets. And uh, you know, let's go back to the logo change for a second. Yes, I have the tattoo on my leg. Yes, uh I I'm okay with a with a logo change. But however, if you look at the logo changes that the Patriots did, I don't like it, you know. That's my opinion. Maybe the, the Patriots fans, because they won with that logo, they liked it. But I like their old logo better. Same with the Denver Broncos. I like their old logo better, you know. And uh, I'm okay with the change. The razor look that I see, where they, they the dolphin looks kind of razorish, and they take away the helmet. Yay! Though I don't like taking the helmet off the dolphin. I love that logo. I think that logo is badass. But this thing that's floating around now that looks like a sperm whale is a freaking abortion. If I ever saw one, I mean, there's just nothing traditional about it. I mean, it's like saying, "Hey, how far <laughs> away can we, you know, how far away can we get from our traditional logo, you know, and still be, you know, yeah, there's a dolphin-like figure in it and a round thing that looks like it's orange, but other than that, man, it, it don't. And if the, you know, the, the what was it that? Way back when, Mike D. said the only people that seen it were Marino and Greasy, and they thought he nailed it. Well, if that's their – I mean, they're all freaking crazy. If they think that's that's the logo that uh, people are going to be digging. You know, I don't know. I don't know many people that do dig it, but I, I imagine there's some people out there that do dig it. I don't know. You know well,
3: the, and and
6: the, the people that are blind in one eye can't see out of the other – I heard one. I heard one interesting rumor on Twitter.
5: Um, I don't know who floated out there, maybe an Omar or someone else, but they said it was basically like this was a um, kind of a this is this was a potential potential logo, and they leaked it on purpose to kind of gauge public reaction. And because uh, uh, they mentioned something about that fight song with T Pain. And they just kind of right. went with it. People didn't like it. And so now instead of kind of going like, yeah, let's just go with this logo, they're kind of throwing it out there with, oh, this one leaked out, and then if fans like it, they may go with it. And if they don't like it, they may change it again or have something different. So I don't know how true that is, but it does make sense that this is kind of a well, – uh, this was done on purpose to kind of gauge fan reaction and then it's, uh, it's, it, and, and then go from there.
6: But I I would think that if you were a, a company like the Miami Dolphins and you were changing your logo and you let it be known that you're changing it, so you're changing you, it drops in less than what, twenty in twenty six days it's supposed to drop that all your merchandising has to be in place and ready to ship. I mean it's gotta be done from the purses to the pillows to the rain ponchos to the to everything, the ball caps. I mean everything has to be done already you know I would think I would think you know, how many items have Miami Dolphin earrings, bracelets, sunglasses, <laughs> I mean toilet seats for fucking Christ's sake, you know uh it, it,
3: you know and
2: it'll be, be a it'll be a long time before that full line of products is you know minted in the new logo, but yeah, the basic stuff.
6: Well, okay. Just take Uh, the clothing, the hats, the coats. The you
2: know, I mean, I would think a lot of the T-shirts, the jerseys.
6: You know that's if you just they
2: they can can do that, they can gear that up in under a month. It doesn't. I mean, look 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 at look at a team that goes out wins look at a team that goes out wins a Super Bowl. You know, I mean, when when I lived here, when the Cowboys won the Super Bowls, within a week, every store was loaded. With merchandise right. that says it's a little
6: Those Chinese sweatshops are really efficient.
2: Dude, as, as someone who manufactures stuff in China and has to have it shipped, you would be shocked at how fast you can get something done on a mass basis from over there. Right. And, and uh, shipped here. I, I, so I, 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 you know. I can go in, I can call a, a supplier tonight and. Tell them, hey, I need ten thousand of this custom. If you're geared up already to do it, um, right. I could have it to my door here in Texas on Friday. All
6: right. Well, but I would just think though, I would think that the massive amount of features and you know the variety of stuff that you would—I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. So it's it's you know, like I said, I did the hashtag thing. I thought that up today. You know, Mike D's logo makes me nervous. You know, I mean, it does. He's making me nervous. You know, now I like the razor, that that razor look. You know, and again, it's still in that tr- traditional format, right? It's got the sunburst. that looks the same with with the and the dolphin is in virtually the same position. We've eighty six the helmet. I'm okay with that. That looks cool. I can get behind that, man. They switch to that thing. I'm buying it up, brother. I'm gonna buy it all, replace it all, because I'm gonna go buy all new. Now, if it's that other abortion of a logo, nothing. Won't spend a nickel. And you can mark my words on that. I I, I will spend a nickel. I'll go buy one of the towels and throw down a piss on it. That's pretty Put that on
2: Twitter. See, I told you you were shy, Griffin. Yeah,
6: well, I mean, that's extreme. I would never piss on a dolphin towel. I just couldn't bring myself to do that. But, God dang. I mean, if, if you know, Mike D. For one, you know, he's probably he, he's from Baltimore, so he lived through when uh, you know the Colts left town, you know, and and then the name comes. Uh, so he's he's probably bitter, so he don't care about tradition. You know, I don't know, I don't know. I'm just, I, I you know, if he messes this up, I'm really gonna be down on Mike D. You know, I'm down with the logo change, just not down with. You know, like I say, a Denver-esque, a New England-esque type of overhaul that I just don't think is a, 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 a an improvement. You know, that raise, man, if it's that Razor look, boom, I'm down, I'm good, let's go, let's play ball, next subject, you know. But if not, oh, my God, I'm going to lead the revolt.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> you heard it here first. Uh, you're, you're a good campaigner, so um, I think they should be worried.
6: <laughs> I, nah, I love them too much, man. I, they'd probably say, Griffin, you know, you're in the deep end. We give you free tickets, you know. Settle down.
1: Be a good yep. soldier.
6: They might have a point there. Yeah. Well, I can buy a ticket to the game, you know. So, anyways, you know. What else is going on in dolphin world what 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 is it what is it what do what are the other people wanting to uh talk about the draft i mean you know the draft or the logo how many other people are going to the hall of fame game on the site anybody anybody i
5: think that the i think that um i i think it would be a good idea if we uh to kind of gauge interest on the site see who all would be interested in going to the Hall of Fame game. Um, <coughs> um, I know some people that will probably be interested in going, and
1: uh, and
5: uh, it's um, it would be fun to kind of have like a little uh, have a little uh, meet up there and meet a few people. Well, and hang l- let and me let me let,
6: take it, let me take it a step further. I'm gonna call them tomorrow and see about getting a block of tickets if I can get a block of tickets, a group tickets, like I plan to do. On one of the away games up north this year, I'm going to put together a group like I did for uh, Cincinnati last year, and hopefully it won't be at the last minute like that was. But I'm going to call the Hall of Fame tomorrow and see about a block of tickets, see what I can do there. It's as easy as setting up a uh, PayPal account and just having people email me the money, and then I get the tickets, and we have a block of tickets, and we go as a group if. if You know, people are interested in that. I I was just going to call tomorrow on my own accord, but, you know, if if there is some interest out there, uh, people who want to go to the Hall of Fame game, I can certainly look into a group group purchase. And, uh, you know, I don't know what kind of showing the Dolphins are going to have that weekend, but I I would say pretty solid, man, because when Marino went in that place, that place was crawling with Dolphin fans. Now, I know we don't got nobody going into the Hall of Fame, and I know the reason, you know, the whole Dallas uh, Cowboys-Miami Dolphins game is the whole, got the whole Bill Parcells link to it, but uh, forget that, man. Bill Parcells didn't do us any favors. Uh, I'm going to see the Dolphins and, and, and the the new-look Dolphins, you know. So, um if there's some interest out there, I'm going to put a call out to the Hall of Fame tomorrow. and See about tickets for myself uh, for sure, and I'm also going to inquire about group tickets. So, if people are thinking about going, um, let's get some chatter out there on, on the site, and then we'll have an idea of what kind of numbers we need. Dead air. Anybody? Somebody speak? Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's it's
5: it's always kind of. I don't know what the word is, I it's disheartening to go to a preseason game because the start is going to play, like, uh, you know, a few snaps. But even then, I went to the Carolina Dolphins preseason game last year, and I watched the backups, and I'm like, this is the Dolphins. I don't care if it's bums that won't be on the team tomorrow. It's, you know, it's fun to watch the Dolphins.
6: Yeah, there, you know, I take that into, into consideration, too, because I do hate the preseason and the first one, but – You know, kind of like for me, I'm not even looking at it as a game. It's just more like a dolphin experience, you know, Mm -hmm. going there, hanging out with other fans, more like a party, like a, like a, hey man, the season is almost here. Let's get this party started. So
3: my expectations are... I I don't think
5: a lot of the fans who actually live in Miami kind of understand this, but Miami has a large following outside, outside of Miami. And you you watch the games on TV and you see Sunlight Stadium, It's, it's, it's you know empty and there's seats open and and there's people like me and like Keith and James and guys who live other places that can't go there but I would absolutely be there every week if I could and I know for a fact I went to the I went to two games at uh, the Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte one of the Dolphins played both preseason games this past year and in 2009 it was a Thursday night game and you know this is a Panthers home game. And that place is at least half full of Dolphins fans. And I'm like, if we can get this stadium half full of Dolphins fans, surely Life Stadium can get more than what it's got for a home team. So, um, you know, that would be my one one wish to Dolphins fans that li- actually live in the area. And, I mean, I don't know like financial, what it's like, what tickets cost or anything like that. But I'm like, you know, there are fans all over this country, uh, especially here in North Carolina. But if they got the chance to see the Dolphins uh, eight times a year, they will be
6: there right 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 well so, yeah. i've been i've been me and you are on the same page there. I've been cringing about that for years, Miami being the vacation destination, like I say, a lot of it's a transient location, so all the all the old time dolphin fans have moved out or passed you know, and all these transients have moved in, and you know. But I'll tell you this, you know, because that's what James always says is how all the, you know, people moved away or died off and then these other people moved in. But the other thing is, is if they start winning, you will see that place blow up. You know, I remember back a couple years ago, I think it was a season opener, Monday night or something, and we were playing Indianapolis, Peyton Manning, Indianapolis, if I'm not mistaken, Mm -hmm. two or three years ago. Does that sound about right? Anybody?
1: Um, anyway,
6: I, I don't, there was one, it wasn't the opening night, but
5: I do remember playing Pac-Man on, on Monday night where yeah, it was early uh, they, they got season. the
6: ball for like 15 minutes the whole game. Yeah, well, it, what I'm saying is, is the place was going nuts. I wasn't there. I was watching on TV, and I'm like, man. And then, of course, the Dolphins started losing, so then the interest wanes. You know, so if the team starts winning, if the team starts competing – you know, if they're playing meaningful games in December, I, I'm gonna tell you there there will be more dolphin fans there. They there will be. Now none of them will be wearing the new shitty logo, but they'll be there.
2: <laughs> You'd be surprised. Somebody some people will love that logo no matter no matter how ugly it is.
6: Well I'm gonna tell you, those are the people who can't see in one eye and blind out the other and they're half wits. Okay, they're not half wits, they're just excited. <laughs> well and but it, it's kind of like
5: it, it's kind of like people people now. I mean, I've got a a dolphin helmet over here that I got from one of the kids in the '80s, and it has the old '80s logo. Um, they're they're going to be people. It doesn't matter what the new logo is. Uh, they're going to wear the old stuff anyway. I mean, if somebody's got an old retro Damarino jersey, they're going to wear that whether it's, it's the current logo or not. So,
6: yeah, as long
5: as they don't as long as they don't shift colors and it's like you know brown and green or some kind of crazy combination, I, I think they'll be fine as long as they stick to the. No. We going to stick to the main scheme because you know how this kind of with the mm-hmm. stuff. If that was coming right. out, and the fan base hates it, within five years it'll be something
6: different, anyway. So. Well, you know, <laughs> they win a Super Bowl, all is forgiven, like you say. You know, so, anyways, guys, I'm gonna push on out of here. You guys have a great show. You know, go Dolphins, and uh, I'll see you when I see you. Later, bro. Have oh, a good one. Ohio. Bye, Later, man.
5: Okay, and now we are back. Is Kevin back? I really worry about
2: Griffin. I I hope that he can someday come out of his shell.
0: (laughs) I'm here. I'm listening.
2: I'm just muted. You're fine now. You don't have that that golf noise going on. Yeah. Hmm. Come back in, Kevin. I'm in. Join us. I'm back in. You're 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 welcome again. Uh, The coup the coup failed. Yeah. The 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 two Brian's have given up and gone gone back to their hovels.
5: The uh, and uh, I think it was if I'm it again. I think yes, yeah, next week because right now it, it, uh, Griffin was talking about what what they to talk about. But right now it's kind of it's kind of slow on the, on the Dolphins front. Uh, really, on all things, it was the mad rush mad rush of free agency the first couple of days, and now it's kind of slowed down. I expect the Dolphins make a few more signings, uh, but nothing, you know, I think we're gonna get the offensive lineman Maybe a pass rush or a humble, I think everything from here on out is going to be bargain deals, we're just gonna pick up, you know, uh one year contract type guys and things like that. Um of this time last week though, we have not find Dustin Keller or Brandon Gibson yet. Okay. So, um those are two new additions. And Brandon Gibson offers good depth. Um I think we can in this offense I think with a good coach like Philbin, he can um, you know teach him a little bit more and uh make him a little more productive. I really like the Dustin Keller signing. And there's a couple of reasons for that. Number one, a lot of people are all about the, the Jared Cook sign, And the um the I, I was not a big fan of it simply because he wanted a ton of money. if you look at that contract, it was a ridiculous contract. For a guy, number one, who has not really produced any more than a guy like Anthony Fasano, if you look at their stat, Anthony Fasano has, I think, about the same amount of yards, the same amount of catches, and twice as many touchdowns. Now, if you look at the two guys on the field, you would think, well, uh, uh, Joe Kirk would just blow him away. But he's uh, uh, a HWS guy, which stands for height, weight, speed, and he doesn't have the same production. However, Dustin Keller, he at least has a good excuse. And that's that. He's been on crappy offenses, crappy offensive coordinators, and and Mark Sanchez throwing the ball.
3: He's still productive.
0: Are and you calling about Tony him. Sperano a crappy offensive coordinator?
3: <laughs> just gonna say, this thing. <laughs>
5: well, I I was being nice. Um, I get to the be ready. Um, The the. Uh, <coughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> Wow! Well, anytime you say Sperano just hit the beat. Um, <laughs> but with Keller, you, you've got a guy who, who's got speed. Uh, Keith and I watched some college video of this guy, and he, he's basically just another wide receiver. He's not the big red zone threat. But what I really like about it is this does not—if you give that kind of money to Jared Cook, you're not—you're not drafting a tight end. It's, with 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 Keller in the fold, you can still go out there and draft a tight end get some guys today that can be red zone threats. And now, suddenly, we went from this team with limited offensive potential to, um, now, now let's just say for a minute, my my prediction, or my my bold prediction for this draft is that we're going to draft Tavon off at 12, use one of those second-round picks, and Devon Best, and move back up into the first round and grab a cornerback. So let's say we do that, and then then with our other second-round pick, we draft Gavin Escobar, or one of those tight ends. Okay. Uh, Escobar actually my favorite. So now you've got Dustin Keller, a rookie tight end, Egg New possibly developing, uh, Tavon Austin, Brian Hartline, Brendan Gibson, Mike Wallace, um, Lamar Miller in the backfield. This offense went from being a plodding red zone offense all the way down the field to a team that scares you to death, uh, an offense that scares you to death. So, um, you know, a couple of good draft picks, we can turn this offense into a juggernaut. And that's why I like the Dustin Keller pick is because he's so versatile that he can be used in a variety of ways. And I think that's what's going to happen. I think this coaching staff is going to get that out of him. So that was, um, yeah, just that signing was, was a good one. I really liked it because, um, you yeah, know, you can never go wrong with too many weapons on offense like that.
0: I think uh I think that's part of the problem right now is where we are picking. And at 12, you're not going to get value for some of the positions that we need. So, it's almost at 12, it's almost got to be a luxury pick or best player available type pick just because we need a cornerback, but Unless we're up there getting D. Milliner, you're not – a pick of a cornerback at 12 doesn't really do you any good because in the second round you could get somebody of equal talent or some of those other positions. So I think you're looking at – it's almost got to be an offensive lineman or take somebody like Tavon Austin that you're not going to find his skill set in the second round. And, yes, it's probably high for him. He should probably be going somewhere in the 20s. But if you like him and he's not going to be there in the second round, you have to take him.
5: Well, I I disagree with a couple things there. Uh, One is I I guess I'm higher on the best than most. I think he's worth the 12th pick. that's, That's not here nor there. The other thing I disagree with is what you said about Taylor and Austin. Everything that I'm reading says he is a top-15 pick, and there's yeah. absolutely no way he makes it past the Rams. He just does not. They've got some young players, but they just lost their biggest crutch in Danny Amendola. So um, if, if, if Tavon Austin's is there for the Rams to pick, they are taking him. He definitely, if he, if he, falls, if he somehow falls past them, he doesn't make it past the Vikings. So... Um, he is, he, he's going to be a top 15 pick. <laughs> the issues with him, uh, with us drafting him, are going to be, number one, um, what do you do with Devon Best? Because if you draft him and you use a high pick on him, now you've got, you you just signed two big free agents, you re-signed Hartline, you've got Best, now you've got this fifth guy that you just use a high pick on, where are you going to fit him in? The second question, uh, that his, probably the biggest concern about him is durability. Now, the guy's had good durability in in college. He's, um, I don't know if he's ever missed any games, um, and he used to play running back, so he's probably used to the contact. But, again, this is college, going to the NFL. So if he's running across the middle and gets lit up by, you know, uh, Carlos Dansby, whoever he plays for, you know, how quickly is he going to pop back up? Can he stay durable? Um Of course, you know, he's going to get in the weight room. They're going to probably bulk him up. I think he weighed like 175 or 78 or something at the combine. So they can get him to about 185. He'll be in good shape. Um, The the, the third thing is is how many snaps are you going to give a guy like that? Um, If you take a guy at 12, you kind of want him to start, and he's going to be a guy that's going to be a slot guy primarily. But because he's so versatile, you can find ways. You can line him up in the backfield. Use him on end rounds. So... I think he's a real pick. The, the fourth thing is not really a concern for me as much as it is for Jeff Ireland is that he's not prototypical size, and we know Jeff Ireland kind of went against his his mold uh, when he drafted Tannehill with the uh, not proto- not the uh, not so many college starts, you know. So, you know, and Ireland mentioned he's going to go with his, you know, he's going to find guys with a certain size, certain speed, things like that. So it, it makes you wonder if he's going to. Um, if he would even consider him at twelve, simply because he's five seven and not six foot enough. But the more I the more I think about it, and a lot of people on, on Twitter are getting to the point now where where if you mention his name, they just stop talking to you. But I think he's a real possibility at twelve for the Dolphins now. I, I didn't think so a week ago, and and I do
0: now. I think a player who the Dolphins could really want to be there, and unfortunately, well, maybe fortunately for us as a fan base, because we are all about the offensive weapons type guys, is um, Lane Johnson. I think the Dolphins could really be looking at him. They could be. and
5: I read that he was one of the first that they interviewed at the Combine. Um, I personally don't see him being there. Um with the offensive tackle market being the way it is, um, I, I have read that uh, the Chargers are trying to get in on the Eric Winston, Eric Winston deal. Right. Uh, from what I'm reading about him, is he wants to play for the Dolphins. The Dolphins want him to play for them. Now it's they're kind of, you know, kinda, you know yeah. haggling over price. So I think that deal gets done. That team is desperate for offensive line help. If Lane Johnson's there at 11 um it's going to be it it's going to be a big shock if they don't take him at, at at 11.
0: Yeah, I think I think just about every mock at this point is saying Chargers take Johnson.
5: And and another interesting uh thing that happened this week was that Jeff Packers from Detroit retired. Yep. So Detroit lost their starting starting right tackle to free agency, they're starting left tackle to retirement. They've got Riley Reese that they drafted last year. They're probably going to start on the right side. Um, at the fifth pick, they may take an offensive tackle as well. Um, it, it's not guaranteed that Luke Jokel is going number one overall, but he's kind of the heavy favorite right now. So don't be surprised if, if some of these teams that need tackles um like, for example, uh, Arizona or San Diego don't try to move up and get a guy because they're afraid that, you know, it's possible that Lane Johnson could be gone by the time Arizona picks. I think seven. So if, um, you know, some of these things try to move up and take a guy like that. Um, <laughs> they, they may try to take, um, you know, I, I don't think Chance Warmack will be on the board of the Dolphins. I don't think he fits what they do. I think Jonathan Cooper absolutely will be. I don't think he's available either. I think he's gone. Yeah. The one guy right now that appears locked in at twelve that will be there at twelve is Austin. That that would warrant that pick. Right. Um, I know people, you know, kind of iffy about the corners. Some places have Trufant and Roads lower. Some of them have higher. uh, But. I mean, it, it, it's so interesting to me, and Keith and I talked about it because we're so confused. I mean, last year at this point, we kind of knew we had basically three or four players pegged. The Dolphins were going to take it nine or eight. And, you know, we kind of knew, all right, it's going to be a quarterback, or it's going to be a right tackle, or it's a pass rusher, whoever. We kind of had it kind of narrowed down. This year, it's all over the board. Um, and, and that's a good problem to have because there's all kinds of options. I mean, what if Cordero Patterson's there? At twelve, you know, if he falls that far, you take a chance on a guy like that who has very similar athleticism to Tayvon Austin, but is six two. Uh, so, um, all kinds of interesting stuff can go on. It's, it's
3: I'm probably going to
0: drive myself crazy between now and April, uh, thinking about it. It's going to be a very interesting month once once we get past free agency, and to some degree, we're already getting there. I mean, like you said. Free agency is slowing down We're in that second week you're not going to see any big, huge deals come out um, unless somebody gets cut, obviously. And I think that you're going to see a few pickups here and there. It'll be big for us, but it's not going to be Mike Wallace big. So I think that you're going to start to see free agency slow down now, but you're going to start to see the draft picking up. And it is. It's going to be an interesting month to get to the draft. I mean, we're well, this weekend is a month out. I think. What is it? Yeah, like Monday is probably yeah, exactly a month Yeah, pretty ago. much.
2: What do you think, Keith? About. Wow. Hi, Keith.
0: Hello.
2: I was just trying That's to segue I mean? you into the into the show that since that was that I was his
0: introduction one. of you.
2: I didn't figure anyone else knew you were here.
0: I sure didn't. I'm
4: making my bracket. <laughs> calling this into you guys. So, you, I, you, have, you have Miami pool. winning at all? I do. You're awesome. Or, of course I have the U winning at all. The problem is I have them, um, I think Louisville, well, I, I'm just going to say this and then I want to get into football, but uh, last month I I started to think about the pools I was going to get into, and I was like, you know what? I'm going with Louisville. That seems like a really good pick, and I just know that everyone in the, I'm in a, in a pool with about 200 people, and I just know that when when the games start tomorrow, and you can see who other people has as champs, I, I know all those people are going to have Louisville, and I'm just I can't do it. So anyway, uh, I do think I think there's going to be a major offensive lineman run in the draft, and I think that uh, we're probably going to be on the outside looking in, uh, in in regard to offensive line in the first round, which I I, I like. Uh, Jonathan Cooper a lot. I think that if we could get Jonathan Cooper as well, I think he he uh he fits the the value and need at that point. Uh Fielding, said, this week talked a lot about how he wants to he's looking for these these ultra athletic linemen and
3: Cooper's like that.
4: Cooper is probably <clears throat> just a, a notch below county in terms of just overall athleticism. And, and I mean we've seen We've seen punty take off and run downfield with with running backs, so. But I think that uh, something Duke brought up that's absolutely valid right now is uh, Detroit. I think Detroit will take a tackle at five. Um, a guy will go at number one. Uh, the Raiders could take one depending on what Jacksonville does. Although I think that it looks like Deion Jordan and Sharif Floyd will, will both be in the top three from what I've read. I think Daniel Smith goes forward to Philadelphia. And then, Ab- so if Detroit grabs that second right or that second left tackle off the board, then, I mean, you're looking at a stretch where Arizona needs a, needs a tackle. Uh, I know Tennessee just got Levitre, but a lot of people think they could take a tackle, and San Diego will absolutely take a tackle. Or, I mean, and then you start looking, and then if the tackles aren't available... Uh, the guards are rated high enough where these teams could also look at them. So I think if we had a decision uh, between Wormack and Cooper, I would take Cooper, hands down, any day of the week. And, I I mean, I think Wormack's an excellent player, but Cooper couldn't be a better fit for our offensive line. He really couldn't. Yeah,
3: and I'm I'm
5: so aggravated because earlier in the season, Lane Johnson and uh, Cooper were two of my second round steals, because that's about where they were pegged coming into the season. I thought, man, I read some stuff. I was like, yeah, these guys would be great picks in the second round. We was load up on the line. And now we're talking about top 10, top 11 picks. So, it's like crap.
4: I know. I mean, it it sucks. To, I mean, that's it's funny because we we expect this, this sort of positional inflation, but did
0: somebody turn on a microwave or something? What is that?
2: Uh probably Kevin. Is, How,
0: am I doing it again?
2: Yeah. Dang it. So yeah, your microwave is on. That's
4: that's a funny description. No, did did Kevin just did, did Kevin just climb into his dryer? Like what is going? On? It was much worse earlier. Oh man. Anyway. Uh it it's funny 'cause you expect that it, that sort of inflated positional value out of uh quarterback uh sometimes pass rusher, our cornerback we're seeing it a, a, a little bit this year. But um it's funny to see it happening with uh guard. I mean and that's pretty much the case right now. So
5: just just something
4: to kind of keep an eye on.
5: I think yeah. what's interesting is um you know looking at looking at how kind of the draft sites were at the start of the year, the draft was so heavily loaded Um, It was so heavily loaded at the top with with defensive ends. I mean, you had all these guys, like, I mean, Mingo, Montgomery, all these guys were top five, top seven picks, you know, coming into the year. And now they've all been basically replaced with offensive linemen. And the defensive end position has been the one that has dropped off the most. I mean, if you look at the mock draft uh, at the beginning of the season, probably – they were probably been six to six picks in the top 12 or top 15, six or seven top 15 that were defensive ends. Now you are looking at maybe four or five, uh, five at the most. Guys like Werner were uh, you know second, uh, second overall, third overall kind of guys, and now they're dropping out. So I think realistically, you could have possibly two defensive ends in the top 10, maybe, uh, and a guy that we thought we could get Deion Jordan, uh, a guy we thought we could get at 12 is now pegged to go in the top three. Um, you know, some of these guys like Mingo and Montgomery will pegged to be top five picks. He might could even get in the second round now. Um, so it's, it's kind of interesting, that this is how, how it kind of went, that the offensive lineman rose up so high because, I mean, I don't think it's going to happen, but it's very possible that, that five offensive linemen could go in the top 11 picks.
4: Yeah. Yep. Th- that's how I have it in my latest mock. I think that, <laughs> I mean, that's why when I say we're we're on the outside looking in, I, I think that, um, that could be the case. So which just too bad. It'd be nice to have some options, but kind of the way it goes.
5: Yeah. And it's, um, and, uh, Finhead brings up a, an interesting position that we could go and that would be defensive tackle. And because uh Starks and Thoi will be free agents next year, as soon as Starks doesn't sign a a contract extension and they have till July to get that done. Um and one guy that we never thought would be available there would be Star Latilet. So if he's available at twelve. Um, and the guy threw up like, you know, seven hundred reps of 225 a day, or some ridiculous number. I can't remember Somehow, we're in the high 30s. Um, you know, the guy had the heart issue but medical say he's good to go. Um, do you still see him as being a top top 10 pick or does he fall to us at 12 and if he's there how strong would you consider given that the defensive line is already a strength for us and you know, we've got a guy and we can get a guy in our contract with starts uh, how interested would you be in signing or drafting a guy like Lassie Lele at at twelve? it's a tough
4: one. Uh, if I'm if I'm bringing in Lille, it's more because uh, I'm looking forward uh or I'm looking ahead to when uh Paul Soliae uh his contract comes up. I think that if I'm looking if I'm looking to replace Starks, even though Starks is uh is a he's kind of I mean, uh this is kind of a generic
1: comparison, but in a way
4: he's kind of a Sharif Floyd where he can play almost any position on the defensive line. I mean, he's he's that athletic. So uh, but if I'm looking to replace Starks at number twelve, I'm probably gonna go for Shelton Richardson. Just in because I mean if I'm gonna if I'm gonna bring in a guy like that, I mean we have all these <coughs> guys at defensive tackle who are uh guys who can absorb multiple blocks uh, uh, occasionally shed double teams. I'd like to I'd like to really bring in a guy who could give us you know sort of a pass rushing boost on the inside, and I think that Sheldon Richardson would be that guy. So if I'm bringing one in, someone at twelve and it's a, and it's an interior defensive lineman, I'm probably going to roll with Richardson. But that's not to say that uh, I'd be disappointed with to Lile, because I mean if you're going best player available at twelve, and, I mean and his medical checks out, which I think it will. I don't know if it gets any more BPA than, than Starla Tulele. I mean, he was – I thought before the season he was the number one player in the country. I still think he's a top five player in the country. And, I mean, he's a Holodi not – and I know I keep going with these comparisons, but he really is. He's a guy where uh, you're going to need at least two people to block him, and that might not even be enough. I mean, there's footage of that guy playing at Utah uh, beating uh, triple teams. Like they, there are some games where they literally would throw three guys at him, and he would just push them around like kids. So, something's consistent. for sure, we have a lot of options. Uh, yeah, and, I, and we kind of have a,
5: a pipeline at Utah, it seems like.
4: Yeah, yeah, uh, you know, in a lot of ways, uh, for good and for you know, good and bad.
6: So.
5: And, and here's the thing that I think a lot of people are getting kind of. You know, a lot of people are getting paid on Tavon Austin or this guy or that guy. Uh, and I'm one of them. I've been a true fan for months now. and, and You know, at this point, if we take him, I would be sad. If we don't and we we'll get somebody else, I would get over it pretty quickly. But, the, um, you know, there's a lot of good depth in this draft at certain positions. And what we are planning to do, let's say we don't go with Tavon Austin. Yeah, he's got... You know, he's got some elite skills, but, you know, if if we skipped over him and took a guy like, say, Marcus Wheaton, who's got good speed uh, in, in the second or third round, I don't think we'd be dropping off, you know, too terribly much. So, you know, I think we are going to go really best player available. So let's say we take Luffy Lele in the first round. You know, you work him into rotation. Well, <laughs> maybe when you say the guy, I, think, I don't know. You, you find a way to get him in the lineup, and suddenly you, you know you made a strength even stronger. But you can still build on on weaknesses in the second round. I mean, this the draft seems to me to be so deep at the positions that we need. So um, it, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I. At this point, I really can't say I would be disappointed with any fit with the Dolphins make. I really don't want Warmack, I don't think he fits. But aside from him, really, um, I wouldn't be overly upset at that. But I really, I think there's so many ways the Dolphins can go, and it just only good things are going to come from it, in my opinion.
3: Yeah.
2: I agree with you. Uh, What's the noise to- in the background now? Not me. I can tell you that much. I want Kevin to stop that. Is
0: it, I'm not doing anything. I'm sitting.
4: I love how we automatically assume it's him, right? It I mean, probably it's is. That, that, He's, he's that, the easy that shows, target. That it speaks volumes that whenever whenever there's background noise or we hear like homeless people in the background or something, it could be anything, and we think that it's Kevin's fault.
0: I, I don't know what I'm doing about it. I'm sitting here on my couch doing nothing. <laughs> Sensitive much, Kevin? (laughs)
3: Sensitive much?
0: (laughs)
4: Uh, Oh, man, I just made the most insane bracket. This is like my upset bracket, honestly. If this one ends up coming through, then I'm going to just go buy some lottery tickets while I'm at it. Uh, So we we ask this question all the time, or we talk about this question. As of right now, uh, coming up on the last week of March, if you had controlled the number 12 pick, who would you take? Who I would take? Who any of you would take, please. China in. Austin.
5: Well, I'm going with my prediction because I would be I would be kind of a gambler, and I'm going to trade back up. So if I'm there, I, I, I trade best. I try to swindle some, some stupid team and, and throw best a third-round pick and maybe a 2014 second-round pick and get back into the first somewhere in the – late teens, early 20s, and I'm going Austin at 12 and Trufant at 20. That's what I'll try to do.
0: I, my, I'd my i probably say Austin. I know that I've been talking Austin up since I don't know when. I I don't like him at 12 just because of the fact that every time I think of
3: him being out on
0: the field there, all I picture is um Pat White getting crushed on the sideline and me uh, literally thinking he was dead. I I that's what I think of when I think of Tavon Austin. It's probably part of it is the West Virginia tie in. But I mean still, five foot eight, hundred and seventy five pounds soaking wet is uh, kind of scary for a wide receiver. Um, if I'm not going Austin I might either say Trufant or I don't know. Anthony. yeah, probably
4: and, Trufant. I'm going Trufant uh, for a few reasons. One is uh, people keep talking about for instance Xavier Rhodes and whether he's gonna fit the sort of uh scheme we're looking at incorporate more more zone looks. And uh, a lot more zone looks, from what it sounds like. And uh, actually, I surprisingly Omar re- or answered one of my questions on Twitter today because I asked him uh, who he'd go with at number twelve, and he said Xavier Rhodes. And Neil Driscoll jumped in and he
3: said that uh,
4: uh, Rhodes doesn't fit what we want to do. And that there seems to be uh, that's the argument right now. Does Xavier Rhodes fit what we want to do? Uh, in you know, on the perimeter. All right, and uh, yeah. is he the kind of guy who's going to hold up in Kevin Coyle's scheme? <laughs> I think that uh, Desmond Trufant plays a lot more consistent, higher level in rows than Rose as any. So, I mean, people keep talking about how he's not a good press guy. He's got the go in press just fine. I mean, can sure. I mean, he's got he's got pretty good arm length. Uh, the exact number doesn't come to me right now, but he's got pretty good length for a guy who's uh, right around six feet or just under. So I'm I'm comfortable with him in in press, and and I'm way comfortable with him in zone. Uh, His his short area quickness uh, shows the ability. uh, He looks comfortable uh, passing off uh, defenders, which is obviously a a key component uh, in that scheme. He looks comfortable passing guys off. Uh, He can funnel if need be. If he needs to drive guys inside, he can do that. He'll probably get better at that. I just think that for the most bang for the buck, in terms of adding a key piece at cornerback, it's got to be Trufant. And I've, a lot of people will uh, disagree with me on this thought, including Kevin, but I like Trufant more than I like Dean Milner in terms of what we're looking for at the position. I think Dean Milner would be a knockout in uh, the kind of scheme we want to run, too. But so I just think that in terms of overall upside and ability and uh, just current standing as a technician, I'm going with Trufant. Flame away.
3: And I've,
5: cool. got, I've got uh, another a couple of interesting uh, cornerbacks. Is one uh, that, Kevin, I know uh, Keith, I know you and I have talked about and watched a lot, and I watched a little bit on him tonight and um, before the show, and I was like, this guy would be a steal if we can get him, and that's Darius Slay. Um, that guy, from what I've seen from the film I've watched, has good recognition skills in his own. Uh, and, of course, you know, he ran like a 4-2-something unofficial at the 40, so he's got speed. Um, and the guy's a... I don't know if he's quite the ball hawk that, that Jonathan Banks was, but he um, he was around the ball and made plays, and I think he would fit in his own. So he's a guy that I think we should watch out for um, if we go to some other route corner in the first. I think he would be we might even have to trade up to get him. I think they would be intrigued with him. But the other thing I wanted to mention, and this goes back to what, with our, our, our linebackers, you know, which we we basically traded off Dansby and Burnett, who are coverage linebackers, for Ellerby and Wheeler, who are blitzing linebackers. And uh, Neil Driscoll on Twitter is running a mock draft with somebody. And at 12, he had the Dolphins take Jarvis Jones. Now, we know he's more of a 3-4 outside linebacker fit, but if we're going to go into more of a blitzing scheme, what would you guys think about him at 12?
4: Gary, if, if we're looking, the thing is, he fits in the Von Miller mode. I mean, Von Miller plays in a 4-3, a and, I, I mean, we all remember when, uh, in uh, late 2010 when when Mox started to come out in uh, these, like, some of these guys out there were giving Von Miller to teams running 4-3 schemes, and we were all sitting there thinking, well, what are you guys doing? Von Miller's a 3-4 a pass rusher, hands down. Well, it turns out that, I mean, he's just a pass rusher. It doesn't really matter where you put him. You can stick him in as an outside linebacker, and uh, he can he can do plenty of work there. Uh, Jones isn't as explosive as Von Miller, but I mean, he's the kind of guy who, do, who doesn't have to come off the field. He does pretty much everything well. So if if we're looking for again we keep using this term but bang for the buck at 12 in terms of a pass rusher it's got to be Jarvis Jones. I mean as long as the next thing if if the next thing checks out and I mean it it didn't appear to be a problem for him at Georgia for the most part uh, that if that next thing checks out and then yeah you're talking about uh, a linebacker corps that can just blitz like the dickens.
5: We are a talkative group tonight, aren't we? Yeah, I just saw that that pick on that that mock and thought it was kind of an interesting pick. And um, I know another guy, I don't know that he'll be available there, I don't think he will be, but I think another guy that will absolutely uh, pique the interest of the Dolphins, and Keith will know exactly why I'm mentioning this, and that's Ziggy Ansah. And... uh, that guy would be great to fit into a rotation and develop, because we've seen what he can do on tape. Um, the, the main thing is the guy when he tackles you, when he gets his hands on your tackle, you're not you're not getting out. Secondly, he's got great athleticism um, and apparently good awareness. The third thing is that uh, something came out around the owners' meetings that um, there was the um, what is it the call was like? it was the birthers. Um, apparently, a scandal came out uh, involving answer where people were were saying that he was older than what he what he was, and that the rumors that were starting about him were coming out of Miami, making it making it appear as if the Dolphins were generating rumors to get this guy's stock to fall. So, um, what are your thoughts on drafting that guy?
4: Well, that, that rumor appears to be working because it's certainly had a lot of guys talking on Monday and Tuesday. And the thing is, uh Anza totally fits what, what Ireland's looking for in terms of in terms of size. I mean we, we keep hearing about these size requirements that Ireland has. If if that's the case, I have a hard time believing Anza uh falls short of those requirements. I think he's like six five, two seventy one. He can play any position on the defensive line, is set <laughs> up close to, uh, off the edge. So I mean if you're looking to to really um affect uh, getting hybrid type guys without sounding like obvious is the best way to go. And Anza can do it all. So that's another that's another guy where if, if we're really looking to the uh whatever selection we have it uh, Anza Jarvis Jones, uh we're thinking outside the box. <laughs> those are the things those who will who are most likely to take our defense to the next level. We, did, we, had, a really, we had a couple of really nice pieces in Ellerbe and Wheeler. The defensive line is incredibly strong at this point. Uh, Rashad Jones is quickly becoming a, a star in the league. We need to—we really need to lock it up in the corner. And, I mean, if we can get Cameron Wake, someone, like a pass rush, a, a foil, a, a pairing, a duo, whatever you want, whatever you want to call it. If we get that person in there, we're going to be a tough defense to beat. And I mean, Anza—imagine Anza and a Wade playing together—that's ridiculous. He, he, we put put it up at several points, and we were just laughing. Like we just laughed through uh, Ziggy Anza's highlight tape, and it's not—we weren't laughing at him. We felt bad for the people he was hitting. I mean, he—it was—it was like when, uh, you know, uh, I think in uh, Fast Times when. Uh, uh, they told the lie about uh, a football player's car, and he, he murdered the entire football team that that Friday. I mean, that's what you felt like watching
5: the play. Yeah, is, uh, exactly that. And uh, I have seen the movie Vantage Point, and I can tell you that um, I cannot think of that actor's name right now.
4: In what, in uh, Fast Times? Yeah. Wasn't that Forrest Whitaker?
5: Yeah, Forest Whitaker. I've watched Vantage Point, and I swear that guy runs a sub four second forty, based on what I've seen from that movie. So yeah, if uh, if Ansa can play anything like that, absolutely, um, it'll be ridiculous. But yeah, there's just um, there's just so much that, so many ways that dolphins can go. And and I said, I don't know if you were you were on the show at the time. But I said I'm going to drive myself crazy thinking about it between now and April because, you know, the past year we've been so you know, kind of locked in at certain positions, and now we're not anymore. Um, yeah, we need corners, but, um, you know, it's just we're so – we've we've cleaned up so much in free agency we can do really anything we want to do. And um, and Kevin mentioned this, there probably won't be any really big signings but from here on out. But I, I, I believe that Winston or whoever we sign at right tackle and possibly Brandon Moore will be. They're not going to be big name signings, but they're going to be big signings in the sense that they have just absolutely locked up our offensive line in a major way. Um, I know Moore is more of a stopgap because he's an older player. I think he's like, what, 33 maybe, something like that. I don't know. But he is a uh, (laughs) – that would just be um, a ridiculous offensive line, especially especially for the running backs um, because they're going to open up uh, huge running lanes, we're just gonna a feed off of play action. And I read something the other day that said Ryan Tannehill had like uh, really good numbers in play action, but his numbers in non play action passing was was not as good. Uh so if you can get guys like Lamar Miller and whoever else, you know, getting that 4.6, 4.9 yards to carry behind those guys, suddenly these double moves that Heartline can run him, Mike Wallace in there, and we're running that play action, and we are cooking with Napalm at that point.
4: Well, the exciting thing is there's so much depth, like, if we acquire those guys, too. You
5: yeah.
3: Because,
4: I mean, all of a sudden, I mean, think about how thin we've been on the offensive line the last couple years, especially on the right side. Suddenly, we just have options galore. I mean, that's important. Like, I, I mean, you can say what you want about Nate Garner, but he's a an excellent uh, sort of uh, like alternate piece, you know. He's a guy where, like, he can do several things for you. He does a few things very well. Yeah, you know, he can come in, he can fill in at a tackle. I don't know, he's filled in at guard. Uh, it's just, there's just a sense of security you get when you bring guys like that in. And I think that'll continue. I mean, the important thing is, uh, if we're able to draft these guys, then we have a, a very good offensive line, uh, and most of them are, would be playing on rookie deals. You know, so you're not committing a lot of money to a very talented group. And, I mean, and that's the royal scam, you know. If you can make that happen as as an NFL team. I mean, think about if people, Dolphins fans have had such a a problem with the amount of money allocated toward the offensive line during, like, the the Bill Parcells, Spirano era. I mean, it's almost, imagine we could be in a position where we get uh, far more production out of our offensive line uh, for pennies on the
5: dollar. <clears throat> yeah, I'm 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 hoping we can get those guys signed up. I know that um, the the visits are kind of over and no deal has been struck yet, but remember everything I read, uh, Winston Miami are kind of on the same page as as wanting
3: wanting wanting to
5: be here if a matter of uh, of money. So, uh, and Jeff Ireland is, is kinda of hardcore when it comes to this stuff. I mean, that's one thing I don't think people that's one thing I don't think people will get him a lot of credit for. Um and in years past it didn't really work. But this year it kinda of has. I mean, we got the guy Mike Wallace and we paid him what we were gonna pay him. And I think we kinda of priced everybody out of the building on that. Um, we kinda of figured after on Saturday of the tampering period when People were like, "Oh, all these things are interesting and all Wallace," and then the next day, "Oh, nobody's interested in Wallace with the Dolphins, It was kind of like Jeff Ireland just kind of put that as a check, button put it on the table and said, "Yeah, if you want to compete, you're going to lose." Uh, and then everybody else, however, he got, you know, on his deal. I mean, the rumors were that Dustin Keller wanted, you know, big time money. Jeff Ireland said, "This is what I'm going to offer you," and then he came back. So at this point he's, he, he's playing with half money so you know go ahead and go with it I mean you know if, if Eric Wentz wants a bigger contract we say this is what we're going to offer if you want to be here you'll take it and I think mean, Jeff Ireland gets his guy
4: yeah I don't understand why people continue to feel like Jeff, Jeff Ireland not getting it done now if you're saying he's not getting it done uh, in a season sense then sure I mean that's got to be it's had to be proven, but uh, you have to like the way things are lining up right now. I mean, it's just its smart. Everything these guys are doing is smart. They sit there and they pay a lot of money to Mike Wallace, and his contact, contract is structured in a way <laughs> where after after that big cat hit in year two, you have a lot of options if he isn't producing at, at uh, the level that you want. I mean, it's almost like... They spend a lot of money. They have a lot of money left over, and they can roll that over if they want. Personally, I hope they do. Um, they've they've made a lot of big moves and brought in young. I mean, they didn't sign anyone over the age of twenty eight years old, in my opinion, and, or or, to, or if I can, to my knowledge. Uh, so you're bringing in all these younger guys who are, you know, borderline second contract age, uh, and you didn't. You then back yourself into a corner to do it. Like, we're not staring down the barrel uh, at a, you know, cap apocalypse in a couple of years as a result.
5: Yeah, yeah. For yeah. the record, I've decided, decided I want to go a different direction in the draft. Oh.
0: Uh, I want Mark to hunt.
4: Are you kidding?
0: I want Hunt. You, you, and then I want... And then I want Clowney next year. All right. Life is good. That will be ideal. Life is good. Well, you're a <laughs> sucker for Jadavian
4: Clowney and Margus Hunt, are you? I I remember now we, I now I remember the conversation we had last night. Yeah.
0: I, I do. I, I like uh I, I like that idea. Margus Hunt and Clowney up the middle and uh you you're good to go. I mean <sighs> It, it doesn't matter that uh, Paul Soliai and uh, Randy Starks are free agents next year. See? I'm solving problems before they become problems.
3: Right. <laughs> no, it doesn't work
0: that way? <laughs> it works okay. that I'll
3: go,
0: I'll go back to Tavon Austin at 12. <laughs> I'm not
4: sure if you want to roll with Kayvon Austin at 12. Say again? I mean, didn't you, didn't you just say you're not sure if you want to take Austin at Falls? Well.
0: I'm not, but I think that's the way they go. Um, I don't have a problem with that. I just, like I said, every time I see Austin, I think of Pat White getting killed. He's trying to come back in the league. But, um, yeah. You mean Pat White didn't die? He didn't apparently He didn't die in the NFL He didn't die in the Kansas City Royals Developmental Program for a month and a half Or whatever he was there And apparently he didn't die in the uh, What was it The um, What's the minor league football that they tried to have
5: Whatever XFL XFL. No not the XFL
4: (laughs) Uh, They tried to bring the USFL back Or something
0: Something. I don't remember. Whatever it was. The
4: XFL. That would have been incredible. We could sign He Hate Me.
2: <laughs>
3: that
4: was
2: such a disaster. That was.
4: Welcome to the XFL. Do you remember that? I remember watching that on on a Saturday night <laughs> when they debuted that thing. And I was like, man, what a trainer act. Those will be gone in a month. And then it
2: was.
3: They tried the, too hard to
2: trick it up. That was the problem.
3: Didn't
0: Didn't He Hate Me sign with the uh... Panthers, he was somebody with the
2: Panthers.
4: Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. He hate me. He was with the Panthers for a while.
5: Rod Smart. Yep. Rod Smart. That's his name. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> because there were tons of he hate me jerseys around here. <laughs> you got to remember, <laughs> this is Panther. This is Panther country and wrestling country. So. That's yeah, true. So, yeah. uh, I mean, we have Rick Flair lottery tickets for crying out loud. So yeah. <laughs>
4: Makes me want to put someone in the uh, figure four leg lock. <laughs>
3: um,
4: little joke. I'm sorry, I'm just putting oh. together my last. Uh, I keep coming down to Louisville and Miami in my bracket.
1: Look at all Florida. these does. Uh, you know, I have, Louisville. Well,
4: I have hey, Louisville and Florida
0: in the championship.
4: I, yeah, I, I have Louisville and Miami. You know, the thing is, Florida's got a really easy road if they play their cards, right? They do. And exactly. Our,
0: I I did not go into it thinking Florida was going to get there. And every time I'd match them up, it's like, they can win that. And they are a team that very much so, they're good one day, and then the next day you're just like, what? What? what just happened here? So uh, they'd have to be hot, and they'd have to be hot through the entire tournament. But they do. They have an easy route.
4: Yeah. I just took the U over uh, Louisville. That's a tough one. Louisville's a good team. Um,
0: Speaking of which, since we're talking about it again, hey, if you haven't joined the FinSider group yet, we have a uh, NCAA bracket group on Yahoo. It's the fourth uh, article on the page right now. So, right under the cover, there it is. Get all the details, hit the link, join us. I think we only have about 12 people in there right now, and tomorrow's the last day. So, get in there and let us see how you do against my wonderful picks of Florida going to the championship game. Well, here's the thing. Did that uh, sound salesman enough?
4: No, you made you you sound like an ass when you did that. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm kidding. It's just I have I feel like, man, like the resident uh, ballbuster. Like the <laughs> it's almost like I'm Daria on the site, if you will. So, I. Uh, you're a Florida I, fan, so technically, I you, uh Your bias stands out, but I will say that uh, I thought that Florida should have gotten a lower seed than four. That's not to say I don't think they're a good team. I just think that the, the way the way that uh, they blew that to Ole Miss, I thought they should have been like a four seed. That said, to get the three, uh, they're pretty much playing on a uh, the highway version of a or a freeway version of a bracket. Uh, The only team I can see really giving them problems is Georgetown. And everyone keeps talking about how Georgetown's size would give Florida problems. I think uh, Georgetown turns the ball over if you look at them wrong. So uh, that's just something. I don't know. Uh, I'm trying a few different things this year. I'm really playing up the coaching matchups. That's why I'm confident in the U making a run because I think Jim Larinaga can pull that off. I think he's he's done pretty exceptional things with far less. So, I don't know. And I always do it the night before because I don't want to overthink it. Because I'm always tempted. Well, you always want to wait for the play playing games, too. But I, if I fill these things out really like I used to, then I just sit there all week and I just want to change them. <laughs>
3: so,
4: I, you know, let it ride. So, I got Louisville, Ohio State, Florida, Miami. Two twos, a one and a three. I got Pittsburgh I making a, a run.
0: I have a one, two, three, and four right now. I'll probably sure. change it, but Syracuse. Uh yeah,
4: a lot of people got Syracuse. Uh, I just I've been burned by Syracuse a few times. Uh, I had them going to the final. F- you know, I was one of the guys who had them going to the final four of the year they lost to Vermont. So that just kind of <laughs> left it. So it's kind of <laughs> yeah. like, like how Definitely. no one wants to take, no one will ever want to take Missouri with confidence uh, after the crap they pulled last year. You know, when they took a dump against Norfolk State. You know, college basketball is funny that way because, I mean, only – I mean, uh, like, as is uh, the case with college sports, it's such a fluid thing. I mean, players come and go. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, it's oftentimes the coaching yeah. stays the same. But it's like everyone wants to roll with K-State. I've heard a lot of people who are a fan of, uh, of K-State. Uh Martin doesn't coach K-State anymore. And I'm far more confident in a guy like Frank Martin than I am. Uh, I think it's Bruce Weber's there now. Yeah, and I mean, in the second round, he he faced Bo Ryan, and I mean, Bruce Weber is pretty much Bo Ryan's bitch. So, just I mean, I'm trying to play the coaching matchups year. I, I realize this is a football conversation, but you know, I'm spitballing while I'm sitting here trying to talk myself into these picks. So, leave me alone.
0: On the Yahoo group, apparently, you can have it autofill by party schools.
4: I did the thing so where,
0: um, if you want to bracket by party schools, it'll do it for you. Well,
4: then Wisconsin wins it all, because I think they were banned (laughs) from drinking games. Like, they had, like, drinking Olympics for uh, spring break in Cancun, and they banned the uh, University of Wisconsin from it because they won every year. You know, they're like a New Year's game. I have Wisconsin in the eight. I have Wisconsin Um, in the lead eight. I got Wisconsin. I got Pittsburgh making a run. I think Pittsburgh's way underrated.
0: I have Wisconsin beating Gonzaga you must have Pittsburgh beating them.
4: I do. I don't have a lot of faith in Gonzaga. I think Gonzaga is a good fundamental team, but I think that uh that I think that
5: they are the most beatable of the four seats of the four number one. How <laughs> are you left, man? Okay. I was reading a tweet by Anthony Jeremiah. He um uh, his original tweet was Here's a pic that shows why Twitter is fun. Check out the comment below the tweet. The other night, he was watching some tape, and this was the tweet. He said, Tony Jefferson met Tavon Austin in the hole multiple times and failed to get a glove on him. That's a tough assignment. Uh, Of course, you can catch that. And then Tony Jefferson tweeted back to him, and moved the sticks. Rough night, LOL. (laughs) Yes, it's after 11, so it is now inside a podcast it after dark.
3: It is yeah, inside a podcast is. after dark. It's like the CKC of podcast.
2: It's like <laughs> after dark. So, any, so anything else now? Sure. Why not? <laughs> I'm whatever. I'm kind of scared yeah. by this. <laughs> and not then nobody up. spoke.
0: Okay, <laughs> we said listen. it's awesome. a CKC and nobody knows what to do now.
2: Uh.
5: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's one thing when you can post pictures. It's kind of hard to describe it over the phone. Yeah. Here's well, a There
3: she was, on the <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: I do have this rated as everybody on the podcast, so uh, if I need to change the ratings, let me know.
4: I wasn't able to hear the the, uh, the Daniel Jeremiah thing because uh, part of it cut out, so I didn't even hear
0: where you guys were laughing at, unfortunately. We didn't really want you to hear it anyway. Okay, fair enough.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Duke, if you want to tell it again, I'll let you.
5: All uh, right. His tweet was, he's talking about a, a pig showing why Twitter is This is something he tweeted uh, yesterday. He said, Tony Jefferson met Tavon Austin in the hole multiple times and failed to get a glove on him. That's a tough assignment. Wishing to how kind of dirty that sounds. Tony Jefferson tweeted back, that moved the sticks. Rough night, LOL.
4: Oh, boy.
5: <laughs> oh, I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> well, I have a comment already. Nice. I, I am uh
0: posting all over the site right now. Sorry. So, so things have changed, I see. Yes, things have changed. I don't know what. The more things change, the more they stay the same.
3: That's what I'm sticking with. Okay. Okay.
5: And yes, Jason Scott, we do have Ric Flair lottery tickets. Come that on, everything. Woo! everything.
3: Yeah.
4: Right. Your four leg locks for everyone.
0: This podcast has 444 comments. That's amazing.
5: Why? Yeah, the... It's um, podcast. The, the uh, Google Hangout the other night that you didn't show to. I think we had, what, 22 live viewers and, like, yeah, five I mean, minutes plus comments. A lot of
0: people <laughs> who needed to go to bed. The one that was, like, at one in the morning? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> well, I, I was, I was, I was, I was, I was
5: going to couldn't get back until that point. Hey, we pulled it off. <laughs> and then, well, what was kind of funny about that was someone, like the next day, I think, posted something like, "Guys, I really like these. You try to have them not so late, not so uh, late at night. We live on the East Coast." And I thought to myself, "Owners, you know, if they saw, actually saw the bags, kind of just." You know,
1: <laughs>
3: under my eyes,
5: appearing as I was talking, until it was like three in the morning when we got
3: done.
5: I, I could probably go back and watch that and think, good God what was our own because it was it was kind of late. But that's how we roll. We're Dolphins fans. We're hardcore.
0: <laughs> we are hardcore. Indeed. Uh, since uh, we seem to be dying on the talk and I'm looking through the live spread and I don't see anything popping up other than apparently the most career game-winning drives by a quarterback or Dan Marino at 512. Thanks to of James.
6: Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to go ahead and uh, say goodnight to everybody. Uh, Ohio, thank you for calling in. You guys, obviously, thank you for calling in
0: and co-hosting.
2: Well, uh, everybody
0: and in the – yeah –
2: that that was fifty one drives. That that uh, that two was number two. Oh, that's two. I was gonna say that's a lot. You said that, I thought. Wait, no, that that's not right. That can't be right. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> leave me alone. But
5: before we um, yeah, before we Let's go, go I, I was over on that Gang Green Nation, and they had a post stuff about uh, Brandon Moore visiting the Dolphins, and one of the comments by someone named Big O. It, kind of, it started out, the header was butt fumble, and then the actual comment said, if you can't get rid of the fumbler, get rid of the butt.
0: <laughs>
3: <So>. oh.
0: <laughs> Please tell me that was wrecked. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so on that note, remember, <laughs> if you can't get rid of the fumbler, you
2: get rid of the butt. Good night, everybody. Oh, no <laughs> Good night. Good night. Switch to Sprint Unlimited Basic featuring TV from Hulu and 500 megabytes of mobile hotspot. Plus, for a limited time, get five lines for only $120 per month. Hurry to a Sprint store or call 1-800-SPRINT-1. Offer for N Z sixteen eighteen after one thirty one twenty twenty. Pay thirty two dollars per month for a line for five lines without a pay one. Who limited commercial plan for eligible smart account MHS reduced to three G speeds after five hundred megabytes per month. Coverage and offer not available everywhere. Excludes taxes, fees and roaming. Requires new lines. subject to credit and three activation fee. Video streams up to forty p. Speed maxums. Use rules and restrictions supply.
1: Amazon has everything for back to
2: school. Zebra lunchbox check. Cool Adidas gear like T shirts, shoes and backpacks check. Triceratops folders and pencils check. Laser cat T shirts check get your back to school shopping done now at amazon.com back to school and enjoy free shipping on millions of items no need to leave your home or hassle with crowds amazon.com no better place to get everything back to school from a to z hello you're listening to simone de Rochefort, one of the hosts of the polygon show It's a show all about
4: the video games that you'll never have time to play, brought to you by four friends who are just as passionate about food, soft drinks, and TV shows as we are about video games. Every Friday we bring you a new hour of personal stories, like how we found the best way to play Yakuza 0, or even what happens when you play so much Zelda that you hurt your hands and can't play games anymore. Above all, we just have a really good time talking about the games that we love. Check out the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher. You can also find us at Polygon Show on Twitter and send a tweet to say hi. Thanks for listening.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by
4: Cars.com.
3: feed anywhere you find podcasts.